Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card. Hi, Dipen. How are you? It's been a fantastic weekend after the international break. We have big news coming in from Newcastle because that takeover has finally happened, and this was the first game which celebrated the new owners, celebrated the Saudi Arabian owners. And I want to get your thoughts on that because obviously there's a lot of comments by a lot of people on whether it should have been allowed, whether it shouldn't have been. And that seems to have actually overshadowed the game itself and actually overshadowed Steve Bruce's thousandth game in charge as manager, which is a spectacular achievement. So that's where we'll begin this podcast tonight to paint. What are your thoughts on Newcastle as well as your thoughts on how that game actually progressed? Because Spurs got the victory finally 3-2, but Newcastle opened with a goal within two minutes and it couldn't have, it was like a dream start to the new owners. But short-lived, of course. Hey, Chirag, what's up? Yeah, Great, great weekend of football. And yeah, starting off with the news at Newcastle. Saudi Arabia's sovereign fund putting in money to buy off Newcastle. I see a lot of fans of Newcastle who actually are welcoming the deal. There are also a lot of critics of it. But in effect, it's, it's just money now flows everywhere. You cannot trace it back to a country of origin and say, okay, this money is bad, that money is good. It's it's good news for a club that has been struggling because there will be money flowing in. There is talks of ambition behind it that they want to be, they want to replicate what City have done with the money that City had got in a few years back. So definitely that means more better coaches, better players for the club and maybe for the league overall. It's uh, one more name into the fray, into that big six or top six, as we call that. While I would agree with you, let's not forget that everyone seems to be getting not a little ahead of themselves, but very far ahead of themselves. Because Newcastle at the moment, if I'm not mistaken, is a club in the relegation zone. They've got a huge battle on their hands. And if you want the likes of Mbappe, Haaland and God knows which other names that have been thrown into the fray now that Newcastle have got new money, they're not really going to come to a club in the bottom three. So I think the first thing that needs to be done is a little bit of a reality check for everyone and say, you know what, we need to get ourselves out of the hole that we've dug, that they've dug themselves into. And, and yes, if that means with or without Steve Bruce, so be it. Uh, they need to first, for starters, start climbing that table and out of the uh, bottom three if they want anything to happen in January. So that's that's where they've got to look to start, I think. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I, I was actually surprised that they haven't let go of Steve Bruce already. But that could possibly because no one really might be willing to put their hands, uh, get their hands dirty with this current Newcastle side because they are struggling you saw that the whole excitement was there uh, at the stadium for the first home game after a takeover. And that lasted all but five minutes, the first goal. And after that, Tottenham just put their foot down. And it showed just where Newcastle are right now. And uh, it it looks like a relegation team. So that that is the question. Can one of the richest clubs in England get relegated in their first season? It's going to be interesting to say the least. And now let's shift the focus from Newcastle back onto Spurs, who I believe Kane scored his first goal of the Premier League season off the mark. 
it was a stylish goal. I think he was not sure whether he was even onside, but a, a classy finish, that's for sure. And what it's done is it, it, it's taken Spurs back to fifth in the table, four points off the lead. And uh, again, looking good in terms of their first eight games overall. So they had a nice start, a bumpy road in between. And, and, and now they seem to be recovering from that, even though I would say 3-2 against Newcastle is, of course, probably not the best result. Having said that, an Eric Dyer own goal meant that they got a little unlucky over there. So I, I, I would actually say 3-1 rather than 3-2. What are your thoughts in terms of how they're going to probably perform the rest of the season? And do you think that Harry Kane is actually going to be able to put the disappointment of not moving to City behind him and focus on Spurs? Oh, absolutely. And the biggest takeaway from this game for Tottenham was that, you know, Harry Kane scored the goal and he's back to scoring ways in the Premier League. And he combined well with Son for the second or the second or the third goal as well. So overall, that's what that's the big takeaway for Tottenham here. Otherwise, as you said, against Newcastle, you probably expect them to win anyways. For me, as long as Kane and Son are doing their thing, Tottenham will always look like they can pose a challenge for that top four. That's interesting. It's interesting. I'm not going to agree or disagree. I'm just going to wait and watch the next couple of weekends before I go on one of my rants, so to speak, and see what happens to Nuno Espirito Sanchez. Moving on, let's talk about two other London clubs. And let's start now with the top of the table, Chelsea, who got a hard-fought 1-0 victory. They were not really convincing, but then champions don't need to be convincing week in and week out. They need to be winning week in and week out. And remember, when you talk about Brentford, they put up strong performances against Arsenal. They actually beat Arsenal in the opener. They drew to Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken. And now, 1-0 against Chelsea. And uh, while they lost, you have to say they were really unlucky and had a, a mammoth task to get past an informed Eduardo Mendy, who was the literal saviour for Chelsea on the day. Oh, absolutely. If Brentford were to win that match, there would be no one who would say that they did not deserve to win that match. That that was especially that last 30-35 minutes. They put so much pressure on Chelsea. Okay, agreed, Chelsea's defence was a little weak due to injuries and unavailability of a couple of players. But then, even then, uh, they were made to defend with all their might, all their numbers. And the way Chelsea defended for those last 30 minutes and the way Mendy put, uh, pulled out some saves, that was a sign telling everyone that, you know, how important each and every game is for them, how, we, how seriously they take it. And they will fight for every single point and every single goal. So that, that shows their mentality. But Brent, Brentford really put on a superb show in the last 30 minutes. Absolutely couldn't agree more. And moving on now, let's move on to another London club. And I'm talking about none other than West Ham, who picked up an important victory at Everton. David Moyes, going to his old haunting ground, old hunting ground, so to speak, picked up a 1-0 victory against Everton. And remember, both Everton and West Ham right in the mix because they're on joined 14 points and along with United at 6th, 7th and 8th, which is still, again, remember, only five points off the top spot. So the top eight are actually divided between only, separated between only five points and it's going to be close. West Ham, well-deserved, you think? Oh, absolutely. I, I thought it was, uh, it was only a matter of time that West Ham got the goal because they looked threatening. 
they looked like they were creating chances and they looked the better side to me uh, over the duration of that match and so overall a well deserved win for west ham well fought win as well so i think things are going back a little back on track now for west ham absolutely and i think that uh, they they put in a good performance last year and they seem to be cons- consistently doing that this season as well so it's going to be interesting because they can always disrupt the top 6 to 8 sides as they did last season so very very interesting and what i'm going to do the pain is i'm still going to stay in london because you have another two london clubs that clashed on monday night football it was arsenal versus crystal palace it was the return of patrick vieira to his hunting ground and what a reception he got so that that that's something that i think is extremely nice from if, if you're an arsenal supporter because he was greeted with a lot of fanfare and why not because he's done a lot for the gunners don't forget over the years and of course the club captain and who can forget some of his famous bust ups with uh, roy keen in the tunnel so uh, that that's for sure having said that when we talk about the match and we talk about um, arsenal versus crystal palace in my opinion it was really crystal palace deserved the win it was it was, was lacazette who actually uh, stole the points from vieira and his side at the last minute and got a, a lucky draw for arsenal so to speak yeah firstly absolutely vieira has been an absolute legend of the club and truly deserved welcome but uh, having said that maybe arsenal and arteta were also a little too welcoming to patrick vieira Uh, in terms of the performance uh, because right from the start i mean i think they had a good first half or at least till the goal was scored but uh, it looked out of shape the side did not look uh, they didn't look like they could control the midfield at all and crystal palace really took advantage of that and eventually went ahead in the game only to lose the lead so in the context in terms of results yes arsenal will still still come out of it saying okay at least a point was uh, salvaged there uh, but yes overall not the most impressive of performances absolutely and now with that let's fly down to the city of manchester because interesting things happening on both sides of manchester and let's start with the blue side who actually rested a lot of players oh when and when i say rested a lot of players no offense because they got such a star studded lineup doesn't really look like they rested but uh, uh I, i i in my opinion raheem sterling is not first choice anymore and he started that too after telling everyone very openly that he's open to a move abroad should he not get game time uh, i don't think he really did anything great on the pitch and uh, a lot of city supporters are open to apparently him leaving the club or like pep said let him let him demonstrate what he wants on the pitch and rightly so having said that a comfortable tunnel victory for manchester city they're still very much in there and uh, with all the news of the newcastle takeover spurs coming and going into the top 5 6 united always in the news and why not let's not forget that and and chelsea obviously with with a clear run over here and probably my favorite but let's not forget that uh, it's still cities to lose oh yeah absolutely and they have the squad to do this they week in week out you'll see uh, three or four of the top players which which would make any team sitting on the bench or not being in the squad pep guardiola right likes to rotate his players a lot and he does that with so much ease that sometimes you don't even realize that you know key players are not playing or key players are on the bench or out of form 
and they still continue to pull out performances after performances against burnley it's kind of a very happy hunting ground for manchester city it usually is a very uh, high scoring uh, goal fest for the city players not so much this time around but still a very very comfortable and smooth 2-0 victory for manchester city absolutely the pain absolutely and now let's talk about the red devils because things aren't really smooth god knows what's happening you have the portuguese pair of cristiano ronaldo and bruno fernando is just flapping their arms in the air continuously frustrated at their teammates which i think is just wrong you have pogba saying look something is wrong we're not doing something right and uh, for a change it wasn't pogba <laughs> and uh, you you of course have the likes of jamie carrigo questioning Solskjaer's techniques and 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 it it remains to be seen because uh, obviously going down 4-2 to Leicester isn't something that Solskjaer would have wanted especially coming back from the international break and I think just before the international break is when he rested Ronaldo goes to show I think Ronaldo actually got a hat trick in the first first game of the international break so uh, I, I'm not sure he knows his best squad I'm not sure that he's you know playing the kind of uh, football he wants to but he's definitely Solskjaer under a lot of pressure as are manchester united because if i i mean let's not forget that they're still very much in the race but do you think we are getting ahead of ourselves if we expect them to do better than uh, fourth position this year because personally i don't i don't see them if they, if they come into the top four that's that's a good performance yeah so firstly we've got to see we discussed this last week before the international break that you know manchester united are not at their best they're kind of struggling there are certain things that are not working add to that you lose uh, rafael varan harry maguire is not fit but he's put on the field to start the game and what happens now is after this loss to leicester manchester united are going to play liverpool they're going to play tottenham they're going to play manchester city they're going to play chelsea and they're going to play arsenal in the next 6 or 7 weeks so uh, taking until the end of november these are the games that they have in hand and so you could see that if they don't turn this kind of performances around they could be in very very big trouble coming end of november and solskjaer could be in big trouble coming end of november because he is definitely now looking at manchester united falling off the race for the top 4 not even for the title contenders for the top 4 he might be falling off the race and that might be a big big blow to a club who has just bought cristiano ronaldo and jaden sancho and rafael varan in this uh, transfer window so that is big pressure now on olegana solskjaer absolutely couldn't couldn't agree more and it's going to be interesting because this weekend the red devils go to none other <laughs> than they are rivals liverpool and I, i'm 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 going to say i'm just going to say one thing yauza yauza hell yeah I'm a scouser because <laughs> that performance against Watford. I mean, uh, literally, literally, Claudio Ranieri. Dilly jing, dilly dong. All you want, my friend, but there's no clean sheet for you. Five nil. Mo Salah, the Egyptian king, on song again, and some amazing goals. Uh, Mane with his hundredth Premier League goal. Firmino with a hat trick. It can't get any better for this for Liverpool, can it? <laughs> Doesn't look like, but absolutely stunning uh, performance by Liverpool again, and very very happy to see Roberto Firmino get the hat trick. It's always uh, 
Mane and Salah and lately Diego Jota in the limelight, but uh, Roberto Firmino continues to be there, be around, and now he's scoring goals, scoring a hat trick. So fantastic to watch that as well. And yes, Liverpool look very, very comfortable. Salah, on the other hand, is perform uh, is pulling out goals like uh, goals and performances like we've seen Messi do time and again for Barcelona. And same thing Salah is doing for Liverpool now. Back-to-back wins, back-to-back uh, goals against Manchester City and now against Watford. Both very similar, dribbling past two or three players and then finishing it with superb uh, class and just full of praise for Salah and Liverpool overall. I'm going to leave it at that debate. <laughs> I think you've said it all. You've heard it from the horse's, horse's mouth. Only praise for Liverpool. <laughs> And the Egyptian king. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to have you on this episode tonight. I think we're going to round it off and close off here. The pain. Thanks a lot. It's been amazing. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week when Liverpool trounce the Red Devils. Good night for now. Bye. Cheers. Good night and cheers.